Welcome to Winning in Prayer, where our goal is to produce passionate people of prayer. I'm Pastor Darrell, so glad to be with you again. We are going to be continuing with our thought, Where's Your Fear? And this is going to be part two. Again, we're going to be finishing up uh, on our thought of Where's Your Fear? And this is going to be part two. Listen, we're going to ask you to like, share, and comment as it will help us to increase the reach of the broadcast. Again, we're going to ask you to like, share, and comment as it will help us to increase the reach of our broadcast. Why don't you start off by typing in where you're watching from, uh, and that's Yeah, why don't you start off by typing in where you are watching from. So let's get started. Again, we're talking about where's your fear part two. And we're going to pick it up from the same verses of scripture. Uh, Hosea, the 10th chapter, verses 1 through 3. Now, <clears throat> Hosea is a minor prophet from the Old Testament. He had a lengthy, a very lengthy uh, uh, ministry. Uh, as far as time, he prophesied to uh, the northern kingdom of Israel. Uh, now, Hosea's name means salvation or he helps. Uh, what I want you to understand is that Hosea was instructed to marry uh, Gomer and that she was going to be unfaithful. His marriage to Gomer served as a picture of the relationship between God and Israel at the time. Uh, Gomer left, Hosea had other lovers, yet uh, Hosea continued to love her. Israel left, God had other lovers, yet God continued to love Israel. Hosea's buying Gomer back served as a picture of God's redemption. And I want you to realize that Hosea is prophesying to an Israel that has sunken into a, a very state of depravity due to their uh, idolatry. Hosea at this time is prophesying to uh, an unrepentant and backslidden Israel. So, his job isn't easy at this time. Hosea, the names of Hosea kids were uh, prophetic in their meanings. Uh, there was Jezreel, that means God scatters. Leruamah, meaning pitied, or it was chosen to signify God's displeasure with the, the following of, of the false gods. This name was also chosen uh, to describe the, the ruined conditions uh, that Israel were living in at this time. There was also Lo uh, Amai, Lo um, Ami, however you choose to pronounce it, which, name, which meant not my people. And it was also chosen as a sign of God's displeasure uh, with their idolatry. Um, his name also represented God's rejection of his people. So three children with three prophetic meanings uh, attached to their names. Two, two, two daughters and uh, a son. 
Um, I want to read uh, Hosea 10 through uh, 1 through 3 to you just so we can uh, bring a focus to what we're talking about. And it says, Israel is an empty vine. He bringeth forth fruit unto himself. According to the multitude of his fruit, he hath increased the altars. According to the goodness of his land, they have made goodly images. So they're using uh, their... They're, they're, they're using their progress at this time for the wrong reasons. And so verse 2, it says, Their heart is divided. Now shall they be found faulty. He shall break down their altars. He shall spoil their images. For now, sh now they shall say, this is their declaration, We have no king because we feared not the Lord. This is, their, this is Israel's declaration. Let me, let me read this to you again. It says, for now they shall say, we have no king, because we fear not the Lord. What then should a king do to us? What then should a king do to us? Now, what I want, want you to, to remember is that when you are in and out of sin, each time you go back, your fear, your level of respect uh, your level of of awe and deference, your level of adoration and admiration is going to be lessened each time you go back. As I said in the first video, sin will erode your respect for authority. And I want you to focus in again. I'm not talking about the crouching in the corner kind of fear, but I'm talking about the fear that says, God, I am in awe of you. I respect you. I honor you. It's, it's about having God in a place of respect, having God in a place of admiration, a place of, of adoration, a place of deference, honor, and respect because of who he is. We're awed by him we're awed by his person we're awed by what we know for a fact he's done in our lives we're awed by the fact of where he's brought us from we're awed because we know that our lives would be so much different if it wouldn't wouldn't have been for the lord that's on our side we're awed because we know some of us should be dead. Some of us should be in jail. Some of our lives should have been a, a whole entire other way, but the Lord was on our side. And because he's on our side, if we can keep our level of deference and, and respect and, and keep him in the place that he deserves to be in, it will keep us from making certain decisions. It will keep us from making certain uh, uh, choices that aren't uh, pleasing in his sight, uh, that don't honor him, that sends the wrong message to those that know that we name the name of Christ. You see, I don't care if you ever have minister, pastor, prophet attached to your name when you say that you're saved when you say that you name you're naming the name of christ then there are eyes there are going to be certain eyes uh that are going to be watching you and so you're broadcasting on a daily 
without the uh, the title of, of minister or pastor. So what is your life saying? Is your life saying that I that I honor God, that I respect Him, that I I have uh, deference for Him, that I adore Him, I admire Him, I am in awe of Him, because that's what our lives should be testifying of. That's what our lives should be giving witness to. And so Israel had slidden into a state of being unrepentant. They have backslidden. They are in and out of idolatry. They have taken the gods of the people to be their gods when they had the one true God on their side. And so again, Israel has, has declared, we, will, we, we haven't feared the Lord. So what shall a king do to us? That's a that's a mighty strong declaration. But you will but you know I want you to understand sin will cause you to make declarations that you would not make otherwise. Sin will cause you to make declarations that you wouldn't even consider otherwise. As I said earlier, Hosea, in the, uh, the third chapter of, of Hosea, uh, he was instructed to get an unfaithful woman, to marry her, and to love her as God loves Israel. Let me go over to that, to that, third, that third chapter. Hosea 3 uh, and 1, it says, Then the Lord said unto me, Go, yet love a woman beloved of her, Yet an adulteress, according to the love of the Lord towards the children of Israel, who look to other gods and love flags of wine. He's telling, he's telling Hosea, you're going to love her as I love Israel. According to the love of the Lord towards the children of Israel. This is how God is telling Hosea that I, I, I want you to love her as I have loved Israel. But she's looking to other gods. Uh, she's looking uh, and, and she's loving flagons of wine. She's loving other pleasures. But I want you to love her as I have loved Israel, according to the Lord, according to the love of the Lord towards the children of Israel. This is the challenge that Hosea is up against. He knows that she's going to be unfaithful, yet God has, has challenged him to love her as the Lord, to love of the Lord towards the children of Israel. My God, uh, you know, I, I just say better Hosea than, than myself. I uh, don't know uh, if I could have done that, uh, not in a natural sense, you know, but Hosea had the Lord on, on his side. At that second verse, at that second verse, it says, So I bought her to me for 15 pieces of silver, for an omer of barley and an omer, uh, an omer of barley and a half omer of barley. So there's a deck. So there's a, uh, he buys her back. He buys her back. This is 
uh, a picture of redemption. He says, so I bought her to me for 15 pieces of silver and for an omer of barley and an half omer of barley. This is a picture. This is Hosea buying her back, but this is also a picture of God's redemption. He, that nothing was spared. Uh, a half uh, uh, for an omer barley and a half omer barley. Nothing spared here. And so no, God doesn't spare anything when it comes to redeeming us. He sent his son. He, 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 he didn't spare anything. He did, nothing was spared. And so this is what this verse is uh, a picture of. Uh, it's, it's Hosea buying back Gomer, but it's also serving to show us how God buys us back, how God uh, uh, has redeemed us. At the third verse, it says, And I said unto her, Thou shalt abide with me for many days, thou shalt not play the harlot, and thou shalt not be for another man, so will I also be for thee. Listen to this declaration that is made. Look, at, Listen to this. He said, And I said unto her, and this is what God is saying to us even now. Thou shalt abide with me for many days. You shall not play the harlot. You shall not be for another man. So will I also be for, the, be for thee. If you be faithful, I'll be faithful. And I'm not just in this, just, uh, 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 just for an overnight hookup. But it says many days, and this is God's interest, many days, unbroken fellowship, an unbroken fellowship. What kind of declaration are you making on today? Is your life declaring that I have admiration for God, that I honor God, that I have deference for God? What is your life declaring? Are you on and off? Are you hot and cold? Are you faithful one week, yet unfaithful the next week? What is your life declaring? Where's your fear for God? Where's your honor and respect? Your fear, your, your adoration, your admiration. Your, your, where, where's your fear concerning God? Is 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 it is it all over the place? Are you are you steady? Or are you from day to day? Are you from day to day? Or does it or or, or is your level of fear dependent upon situations and circumstances? Is it dependent upon who you're in relationship with? Or is it dependent upon what someone's saying about you? Where's your fear? Check your fear factor out. Because then we can, we can understand why your life is going as it's going. If it's up and down, your fear level, is it up and down? Is it in and out? Are you hot and cold? Are you lukewarm? Does it matter sometimes? Some, sometimes it don't. Check your fear factor out. Check your fear factor out. At that fourth verse, it says, For the children of Israel shall abide many days without a king, and without a prince, and without a sacrifice, and without an image, and without an ephod, and without a teraphim. These are the results of 
their choices. These are the results of sin. Many days without a prince, a sacrifice, an image, an ephod, or a teraphim. So I want you to clearly understand there are uh, consequences to your choices, meaning uh, uh, when you sin, there are consequences that comes behind the decisions that you make. It says that Israel was going to be many days without a prince, a sacrifice, an image, without an ephod, and without a teraphim. Many days. Many days. So I want you to clearly understand there's consequences to the things that you do. There's consequences to the choices that you are making. At the fifth verse, it says, Afterward shall the children of Israel return and seek the Lord their God and David their king and shall fear the Lord and his goodness in the latter days. Let me read that to you again. It says, Afterward shall the children of Israel return and seek the Lord their God and David their king and shall fear the Lord and his goodness in the latter days. I want you to pay close attention to this because... There's always an after. There's always an after. The fourth verse, let me, let me, let me, let me take you back to that fourth verse. It says, For well, the children of Israel shall be many days without a king, a prince, a sacrifice, an image, ephod, a teraphim. Afterwards, afterwards, shall the, shall the children of Israel return and seek the Lord their God and David the king and shall fear the Lord? There's always an after. There's consequences, but there's always an after. There's always a chance for restoration. Afterwards, they're going to seek God. They're going to seek their king. The fourth verse says that they were going to be without, without, without the prince. Without the sacrifice, without him, they're going to be without all those things that really matter. But afterwards, they're going to be seeking God. They're going to seek their king, David. And shall fear the Lord and his goodness in the latter days. And shall fear the Lord and his goodness in the latter days. In the latter days. So listen, I'm going to ask you again. Where is your fear factor? Where is your fear? Do you honor God? Do you have a respect for God? Are you in awe of God? Do you have uh, an admiration and adoration for God, for who he is, for what he has done, for, for where he has brought you from, for how faithful he's been, for the ways that he's made? You know, one of the one of the great things about God is He knows your secrets and He'll never reveal them. Glory to God. I don't know about you, but there's some things that I don't want anybody to know about. And the great thing about God is I know with hundred percent certainty that He'll never reveal those secrets. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. And so this is why it's so important that we maintain our fear factor. 
And again, I know I'm being repetitious in saying this. I'm not talking about the crouching in the corner kind of fear. But I am talking about adoration, admiration, deference, honor, respect for, for who God is, his person, what he's done, where he's brought us from, his faithfulness, his love towards us. Glory to God, how he forgives us. How he has a purpose and a plan, even when we're not doing right. The Bible says that while we were sinners, he died for us. He made a decision for us before we were thinking about him. And so after I come to him, after I come to faith, after he fills me with the Holy Ghost, then I ought to be able to maintain and keep him in a place where I consider his feelings before making any decisions. I consider how it's going to disappoint God when I make certain decisions. Before doing certain things, putting my hands to do certain things, you should get to a place of considering, how is God going to feel about this? How is this going to look to him? Listen, I know you don't get to that place overnight, and I know it takes some maturity to get to this place. I haven't always been here. Oh, sure. I, I've, I've made so many decisions and never thought about how it was going uh, to, to uh, cause God to feel how, how God would, would be disappointed. But we're, we're, we're supposed to be growing. And as you grow, you understand that God has feelings just like you and I. God has feelings just like your parents. And so there's certain things that we don't do because we don't want our parents to be disappointed. God's no different. And so, you know, you have to get to a place. When you are growing in the word and you spend time in prayer, there's a, there's a, a different level of sensitivity where God is concerned. And so, listen, we don't let our, our, our thoughts stray too far away. And then there's certainly things when it comes to our decision-making that we begin to consider God before making our decision. Why? Because I fear God. Why? Because I'm in awe of him. Why? Because I, I don't want to disappoint him in any way. And so this is where God is trying to get us to. Where's your fear? Check yourself. Where is your fear? Check, where's your fear factor? Are you adore? Do you adore God? Do you admire him? Do you respect him? Are you in awe of him? Where's your fear? Glory to God. Where's your fear? Now, I have a couple of scriptures for you, and then I'm going to get out of your way. Over in the book of Deuteronomy. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Deuteronomy, the 10th chapter. Deuteronomy 10. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Deuteronomy 10 at the 10th verse. Uh, we're going to read down through 12. It says, And I stayed in the mount according to the first time, 40 days and 40 nights, and the Lord hearkened unto me at that time also. And the Lord would not destroy thee. This is Moses uh, interceding for the children of Israel. 
It says, And the Lord said unto me, Arise, take thy journey before, thy, before the people, that they may go in and possess the land, which I swear unto their fathers to give unto them. And now Israel, what doth the Lord God, Lord thy God require of thee, but to fear the Lord thy God, to walk in all his ways, and to love him, and to serve the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul. So this is uh, Moses' intercession for the uh, children of Israel. Uh, this 10th verse through the 12th verse. Uh, before they uh, went into the promised land. And it says, And the Lord said unto me, Arise, take thy journey before the people, that they may go in and possess the land, which I swear unto their fathers. Now I like this 12th verse here. This 12th verse here says, And now Israel, what doth the Lord God require of thee? I know we have a Bible, and I know we have, uh, you know, what I want you to understand is that the main thing that God is, is saying to us, the main thing that he's requiring, especially in the times that we're living in, he said this in the book of Deuteronomy, but I believe it's, it's, it's fresh for us in 2021. He says, but to fear the Lord thy God. This is the main thing. If we would fear the Lord, and, and, and keep him in a proper place of admiration, a proper place of adoration and honor, uh, respect, uh, deference. It would make the whole of our lives look so much better. You know, when you start making decisions because you don't fear God, you can end up in a place of depravity in a place of ruin like Israel. Because Israel, again, they were unrepentant. They were backslidden. And the choices they had that they had made and uh, were continuing to make just did not honor God. And if you're not careful, you, your life, Israel, your life can get to a place of being ruined. Because when you are unrepentant and backslidden, there's no relationship with God. Why? Because you haven't feared the Lord. And if you feared the Lord, you would never end up in a place, a state of ruin, a place of depravity, and in a place without relationship with God. Israel, Israel, continue to replace God with other things, with other gods. They made the gods of the people their gods. You and I can make uh, the, some of the same situations where we can choose to uh, put things where God should be. We could put people where God, can, where God should be. But ultimately, when you don't do what you know to do is right, you cannot end up in a place but a place where you are out of fellowship with God. Where your life is in a place of ruin. And it takes the word of God to begin to bring us back. To begin to bring us back to a place of fellowship. Bring us back to a place of restoration. 
the word of God, the love of God, the people of God. So I want to ask you again, where's your fear? Where's your fear? Where's your fear? Glory to God. At that 12th verse, it says, I require, God, that God requires of thee nothing but to fear the Lord thy God, to walk in his ways, to love him, to serve the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul. That's it. That's it. That's everything in a nutshell. That, that's it. To fear the Lord, walk in his ways, to love him, to serve him with all our heart and all our soul. If we can do that, you know, the whole of our lives are going to have, have a different kind of outcome. The trickle, the trickle down effect will be that our kids and our grandkids will be able to fear the Lord. They'll walk in his ways. They'll love him. They'll serve him with all their heart and all their soul. I, I believe just, just as much as our natural DNA uh, is inherited, our spiritual DNA can be inherited as well. So, so listen, it's so important, the choices that we make. Why? Because we're going to pass those on. You know, some things are passed because of what what people see from us, what our children see from us. And so just as our uh, natural DNA is passed, our spiritual DNA is passed also. So if you're you're in and out, you're off and on, you're hot and cold, you go to church sometimes, sometimes you don't, you serve the Lord, sometimes, sometimes you don't. What do you what kind of example is that to set? And then you expect them to do differently. You can't expect them to do anything more than what you have shown them to do. So what you do, what you say, your choices are so important. They're so important. We have to do as the scripture says, to fear the Lord by our God. We have to walk in his ways, love him, serve him with all our heart. And all our soul. Let me look. Let me take you over to another scripture. Uh, Psalms uh, one fifteen. Psalms one fifteen. Uh, and thirteen. Psalms one fifteen. It says, "And he will bless them that fear the Lord, both small and great." It says, "He will bless them that fear the Lord, both small and great." So there's a blessing. There's a blessing. Uh, blessings to the one that fears the Lord. The one that keeps God in a place of admiration, adoration, a place of respect, uh, a place of deference, and a place of awe. That person, there's blessings. There's a blessing. There's blessings to that one that fears the Lord. So I'm going to ask you again, where's your fear? Are you fearing the Lord? You want to you look at your life and you wonder, and sometimes you say, well, you know, I'm behind. Uh, I'm not as blessed as I think I ought to be. Where's your fear level? You know, doors aren't opening like I want. Where's your fear level? You know, my prayers aren't being answered like I would like for them to be. Where's your fear level? 
you know, I have, uh, I, I want to be promoted on my job. Where is your fear level? Because as I said in the first video, if you don't respect God, there's a great chance that you're not going to have respect for a supervisor and any other and any other person of authority. So this is this is why it's so important that we maintain our fear, because when you have a proper level of fear and respect where God is concerned. You'll have a proper uh, level of fear and respect where all other authority is concerned. If you don't respect God, because it said that they didn't respect the Lord, so what should a king do unto us? When you don't respect God, what what can a policeman do to us? What can the government or uh, or a boss or supervisor what can they do to us? You know, I've seen people that say, you know. Uh, I've seen them on the job, you know, because the supervisors say one thing, uh, you know, I, I've heard, uh, grown adult men tell the supervisor, you know, you're not my daddy and I don't have to listen. As my mom used to say, you got to listen to somebody and see, this is why it's so important. And you know, it's so dangerous to tell your children, you don't have to listen to other, uh, adults. Because police are other adults. And so when you don't have a proper level of respect uh, and fear where God is concerned, you won't have uh, respect for a pastor, uh, for a priest, for, for a prophet, for a bishop, for, for, for uh, government. Uh, you won't have respect for no one. So where's your fear? Where's your fear? It's so important that we have uh, fear where God is concerned. It's so important that we have fear where God is concerned. The Bible said that he will bless them that fear the Lord, both small and great. In other words, I don't have any, 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 any favorites because the Bible says that uh, he's not a respect specter of persons. And so he says here in this word, here, here uh, in Psalms, he said, I will bless them that fear the Lord, both small and great. So it does not matter who you are, where you come from. If you fear the Lord, you can look, look to be blessed. And again, if your life isn't running over with blessings, I'm going to tell you, check your level of fear. Check your level of fear. In the book of Ecclesiastes, and we're rounding the corner. Ecclesiastes, the 12th chapter. Ecclesiastes 12, 13, it says, Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God, keep his commandment, for this is the whole duty of man. This is the whole duty of man. Let me read this to you again. It says, Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God, keep his commandment, for this is the whole duty of man. Fear God is the whole duty of man of man nothing else we don't have we, we don't have to add we don't have to take away this is the whole duty of man is to fear god the whole duty of man is to respect god to honor god to uh, adore him to uh, admire him to keep him in a place uh, uh, of deference to have deference where he's concerned to have to be 
awed by him. This is our whole duty from, uh, from the church goer to from the parishioner to the pastor to the bishop to the prophet to the prophetess to the archbishop to the double bishop. This is the whole duty of man is to fear God, to honor him, respect him, to adore, admire him, to uh, keep him in a, to, to be awed by him. Glory to God. This is the whole duty of man. This is the whole duty of man. This is the whole duty of man. This sums up everything that you and I are supposed to do. Not about our position in the church. Not about us being a deacon. Uh, not about us being a choir member. Not about us being on this, the uh, ministerial staff. The whole duty of man is to fear the Lord. Keep his commandments. To fear the Lord. Keep his commandments. That's it. That's all. And I, I, I know I'm being, uh, I know I'm being very repetitive, but it's purpose. The whole duty of man is to fear the Lord. The whole duty of man is to have deference for God is concerned. To uh, admire Him, to adore Him, to honor Him, to have respect where He's concerned, to be awed by Him. Glory to God. That's my whole duty. My whole, my whole duty. Every day. Seven days a week, 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. My whole duty is to fear God and to keep his commandments. That's it. That's all. Where's your fear? Where's your fear? Did you lose it? Because it'd be nice if we could, you know, purchase it over the counter like at Walmart. It'd be nice. But you can't purchase it over the counter. But where's your fear? Where's your fear? Where's your fear? You know, when you get the proper amount of word, when you get the proper amount of word inside you, and you spend quality time in prayer, and you spend a quality amount of time putting forth effort to keep his commandments, then... Having fear where God is concerned becomes easy. Becomes easy. But when you're up and down and in and out, you're sometimes committed, sometimes you're not. You'll end up in, in a state of ruin, in a, in, in a backslidden, unrepentant state, just as Israel. Just as Israel. And you wonder why. When you're going back and forth, the Bible says that, you know, when you when you're backsliding, that he goes and he'll he'll bring seven more stronger than him, and so your latter ends end up more. So you got much more to deal with, and it becomes so much harder to get back to the place that you once were. And so, is it really worth going back and forth? Because every time you go back and forth, it's going to get a little bit harder. The fight is going to get a little bit more difficult. Is it, is it really worth it when all you have to do over here is accept God's free gift 
in his son and then live for him. Again, again, the whole duty of man is to fear God and keep his commandments. That's it. To fear him and keep his commandments. When you uh, are led by the love of God, when you are captivated by the love of God, it will cause you to keep him in his, in his proper uh, place. It will cause you to stay in a place of fear, in a place of awe, in a place of respect. Listen, I know for a fact at least two, two to three times that I should be dead. And not because I've done anything wrong, but just the circumstance. The goodness of God. Glory to God. The goodness of God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. As I said at the beginning, when you consider how your life could have been and should have been without God, it will cause you to maintain a level of fear, respect, and admiration, and adoration, uh, deference. It will cause you to consider what you're doing, how it's going to cause God to feel, how it's going to disappoint him. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God is so good. So scripture says, it had not been for the Lord on our side. You know how your life could have gone. You know how your life should have gone, should have gone. But the goodness of God, his faithfulness. Thank God for his providential care. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now let me take you over to the New Testament, and we're going to wrap it up. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You know, as I said, I know for a fact that I should have been dead at least on three occasions. One occasion was, uh, I believe I was in about the seventh grade. Uh, I... I had two bicycles and I took my bicycles over to a cousin of my house and his sister was riding one bike. I was on the handlebars of the other bike while he was riding. Uh, and I'm only, I'm, I'm telling you this story by what I was told because I don't even remember what happened. And so uh, I was told as we were going down the, sh the street and it was uh, on a hill, we were going to turn left and as we were turning, uh, there was a van that met us, uh, hit us, uh, knocked me in the air, uh, I don't know, about 15, 20, 20 feet down the road. Uh, of course, they called the ambulance and that ambulance and that kind of thing. Uh, I was in a coma uh, for, for several hours. Um, but during that short time I was in that coma, the doctor said, you know, told my mother, call your, call your family in. Uh, he's not going to make it, and if he does, he's going to be a vegetable. He uh, probably won't uh, uh, have that great of a life. They did not expect me to uh, make it, uh, and if I did re uh, 
uh, regained consciousness, the uh, you know the diagnosis wasn't. It was it was very very uh, 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 dim. I woke up calling people by name. Now what I remember when I woke up was I, I believe I had a, a tube in my nose or something like that. I just remembered some dry blood there and. I don't know. That was just part of my, but I remember waking up and I was, I remember calling people by names and I began to tell them certain things, laugh about certain things. And the doctors were amazed. Now they had written me off, said I wouldn't, I would, I wouldn't regain consciousness, uh, that I was going to be a vegetable, that kind of thing. Uh, and I don't remember exactly how many hours I was out, but I remember, I remember exactly the moment when I, regain consciousness and begin to call people by name to the doctor's amazement. And so listen, it's things like that when you can consider how God considered you. Mm. Hey, glory to God. It makes your considering him so much more easy. And so I want to ask you again, where's your fear? Where's your fear? Where's your fear? I know you can look in your life and find something that God has done that would make your considering him so much more easy. Glory to God. Glory to God. Where's your fear? Acts, the fifth chapter, uh, verses 1 through 11, and then I'm going to get out of, you, out of, out of your way. Uh, Acts 5. It says, but a certain man named Ananias with Sapphira, his wife, sold a possession and kept back part of the price. His wife also being privy to it, so they waited on this together, and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled thy heart to lie to the Holy Ghost and to keep back part of the price of the land? Whilst it remained, was it not thine own? It's yours. And after it was so, was it not in thine own power? Why hast thou conceived this thing in thine heart? Thou hast not lied unto men, but unto God. Where's your level of fear? Now what's being said is, it's, it was your property. It was your choice to be able to give whatever uh, you chose to give, just like it's your choice. For you to tithe or not to tithe, the amount you tithe or not to tithe, it's, 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 it's your choice. And so there never had to, it never had to uh, come to a point of Ananias uh, lying about the amount. It never had to come to that. So it says at the fifth verse, it says, and Ananias, it says, no, at the fourth verse, it says, while it remained, I want to read this to you again. Was it not in thine own, was it not thine own? And after it was so, was it not in thine own power? Why has thou, why has thou conceived this thing in thine heart? Thou hast not lied unto men, but unto God. You lied to God. Fifth verse, it says, And Ananias, hearing these words, fell down, gave up the ghost, and great fear came on all of them that heard these things. At that seventh verse, it says, and it was about the space of three hours when his wife, not knowing what was done, came in. And Peter answered her, 
Tell me whether ye sold the land for so much. And she said, Yea, for so much. Then Peter said unto her, How is it that ye have agreed together to tempt the Spirit of the Lord? Behold, the feet of them which have buried thy husband are at the door, and shall carry thee out. Then, then fell she down straightway at his feet, and yielded up the ghost. And the young men came in and found her dead, and carrying her forth, buried her by her husband. Where's your fear? Where's your fear? Peter told her, you, you haven't lied unto, unto us. You lied to God. You lied to God. How many times have you made vows to God because you were dealing with the situation? And he said, God, if you do this, then I'll do this. And you never honored your, your vow. You never honored your vow. You lied to God. You know, in Job, you know, in Job 22... Let me see if I can find that. Job 20, 22, 22 and 27. It says, Thou shalt make thy prayer unto him, he shall hear thee, and thou shalt pay thy vows. In other words, Job is talking about being responsible where prayer is concerned. Being responsible for making vows. Again, I'm going to ask you, how many vows have you made to God? Because you were in... Uh, 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 a, a serious situation because of your situation you made certain vows to God you said God if you do this then I'll do that if you do this I won't miss any more Bible study if you do this I'll make sure I'm at church on Sunday morning if you do this I want to pray every night yet God, God moves for you he answers your prayer but you never keep your vow this is no different than uh, what Ananias and Sapphira done here they lied not to men, but, but, but unto God. And let me say it like this. If you have uh, made some declarations and some vows to your pastor, you didn't make it to your pastor, you did it to God. And so you, you feel like, oh, he's just my pastor. She's just my pastor. It really don't matter. I, I don't, I don't have to, I don't have to keep, I don't have to, uh, you know, honor what I, what I, what I said. Don't lie to God. And if you're going to uh, make certain vows, certain commitments uh, in prayer, you need to honor those vows. Ananias and Sapphira did not have uh, the men of God or God in an elevated place of importance. They didn't adore or honor. They didn't have respect for them or God. They weren't awed by them or God. And so they lied. It was their property. They could have done whatever they chose to do, but they chose to lie. And when you don't uh, honor God and respect him, you'll lie. When you don't honor uh, your pastor, he or she, you'll lie. And so I want you, I want you to clearly understand the importance of maintaining proper level of fear where God and all other authority concerned. So where's your where's your fear? You know, when you don't fear God, you won't fear his his man or woman or any other authority. Now, I want to read one last scripture to you and then we're done. Job 22 and 27. That was that was uh Extra right there. Acts the 
second chapter. Acts the second chapter. And I, I, I love these uh, verses of scripture here. Acts the second chapter at the 42nd verse. It says, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. And in prayers. And fear came upon every soul, and many many wonders were many wonders and signs were done by the apostles, and all that believed were together and had all things in common. I want to read that to you again at the forty second verse. It said, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, fellowship, breaking of bread, and in prayer. And it says, and fear came upon all. When you can continue in prayer. This is what winning in prayer is all about. It's having a prayer life, a successful prayer life. Not that you are getting things from God, but uh, developing uh, an intimacy, having momentum, uh, having traction in your prayer life, uh, and, but maintaining a prayer life. On an ongoing basis, in all situations, all circumstances, it says, and they continued in prayer. When you can continue in prayer, you will continue having fear. When you can continue in prayer, you will continue to have fear. You know, there's no way possible for you to uh, pray and be intimate where God is concerned and then not fear him. There's no way that you're going to spend quality time in, pr in prayer with God, intimacy with God, and then not fear him. Let me say that to you again. There's no way that you're going to spend quality time in prayer and not fear God. And so I'm asking you, where's your fear? I can just as easily ask you, where's your prayer life? Because when you make certain decisions that say that you don't fear God, I know that you're not praying. Prayer. Prayer keeps you from going off. Prayer will help you to have some self-control. Prayer will keep you from saying certain things, will keep you from doing certain things. Things, will keep you from going certain places. Prayer will when you continue, when you are continuing in prayer. Prayer will keep your 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 marriage. Glory to God. Glory to God. There 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 are some uh there are some things that are that aren't even uh, a conversation when you're praying. Because prayer, prayer, when you're praying properly, there, there's, there's certain things. That's, that's not even a conversation when you're praying. I'm not going certain places. I'm not doing certain things. I'm not a part of certain conversations. I don't act a certain way. Let me, let me be honest and tell you, without prayer and without the word, I'm a whole nother other. Prayer... Glory to God. And I'm talking about me now. Prayer keeps me from going off. My wife says stay under the blood. Prayer keeps me from going off. Prayer, keep, prayer keeps me in a, in a place where 
I can go through the drive-thru. And be honorable. Glory to God. Now, now I'm being funny, but I'm also being very serious here. Prayer. Prayer has made that prayer has made so much of a difference in my life. Prayer helps me to be a better husband. It helped me be a good a good father. It helped me keep a job. Are you praying? I know when I know when you're making certain decisions, you're not praying. Are you praying? Glory to God. There's no way you could do certain things and then tell me that you're praying as you should be praying. Because prayer is a place of death. Prayer is a place of submission. Prayer is a place of dying. Prayer, it was prayer where Jesus said, not my will, but what thine will be done. Prayer is where Jesus exchanged his will with God. You can't, you can't tell me you've exchanged your will for his and you're tipping out on your wife. You can't tell me you've exchanged your place, your, your will for his. And, uh, you know, I see you out in the community squaring up with somebody. Glory to God. Where's your fear? Listen, I'm done. Where's your fear? Where's your fear? Where's your fear? Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you would touch your people, touch their minds and their hearts. Father, I pray that you would give them a heart and a mind to continue in prayer. Because when we can continue in prayer, we will all, all be able to keep you in proper place of fear. We'll all have honor and admiration and adoration. We'll all have uh, deference where you're concerned. Do this, we pray in Jesus' name. We thank you. We love you, God. In Jesus' name we pray and we thank you. Amen. Hey, listen, I have enjoyed my time with you again. This has been Winning in Prayer, where our goal is to produce passionate people of prayer. I'm Pastor Johnson, and until next time, continue winning in prayer. I'll see you next time.